We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. To myself? Absolutely. Absolutely. And what about when you're not the underdogs? You know, this week, you know, you have the best record in the NFL. We're the underdogs. No. <laughs> the why, underdogs. why do you feel that way? Because we're the underdogs. I would say every every time we step foot on that field, we want to win. It doesn't matter what's at stake. We we want to win. If we know we win, you know, this next game, we win the following game, we continue to win, we'll get to where we want to go to as a team. That was Lamar Jackson and uh, Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa talking about the big Week 17 matchup happening in Baltimore, New Year's Eve. The 12 and 3 Baltimore Ravens versus the 11 and 4 Miami Dolphins. The Ravens win. They clinched the number one seed in the AFC. So the playoffs would have to go through Baltimore. But if the Dolphins win, the Dolphins-Ravens would have the same record, but the Dolphins would own the tiebreaker, and all they would have to do, they would clinch the number one seed in the AFC with a victory over Buffalo in Week 18 or a Baltimore loss in Week 18. And I don't want to – I don't want to – any shade at them so i have to give them their props the cleveland browns also have a chance of getting the number one seed <laughs> in the afc uh, a couple of things would have to happen I, the dolphins would have to beat the ravens ravens would have to lose the next two games dolphins would have to beat the ravens and then lose to the bills and the browns would have to win their last two games and they can win the afc north and become the number one seed over uh the number one seed in the afc because of tiebreakers and conference records and all of that mm-hmm. but uh going last hour going we were talking about the offensive line and how banged up they've been throughout the season, but they've done an unbelievable job of keeping Tua upright for most of the season and doing a great job of giving him time, giving the running backs holes to get through and, and run, the, run the ball. I mean, yeah. top two in rushing. Top two in rushing. Look at you. I, I I didn't even know you could you could do research on a team that's not the New York Jets. Look at you. You don't you know. Top two in rushing behind the Baltimore Ravens. Um, they are number two in terms of sacks allowed, fewest sacks allowed, and fewest pressures. Um, and have done this all with backups sprinkled throughout their unit for the entire season. Um, we all know that Teron Armstead has played half the season primarily because of his numerous injuries. But um, you kind of knew that was going to happen. Yeah, like, I told you this before the season. season. It's like death yeah. taxes and Teron's at least missing minimum four games. Yes. Um, and he's out there. He's banged up right now. He's still battling a number of injuries, um, fighting through it. Uh, but as he says, and, and this is his own words, um, this is December this is when guys are out there. We're not even at our best. We're on fumes, but this is when our team needs us the most. 
Um, you lost Isaiah Wynn at the midseason point. Lester Cotton has stepped in and, and filled in respectably. Um, it hasn't been good, but it, 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 it's, it's, it's getting the job done. Uh, Liam Eikenberg has had to take over center for Connor Williams, who suffered a, a season-ending uh, ACL injury. And, uh, I, you know, he's playing with a calf injury. So imagine imagine the toll that you got to go through when you're already just an average starter playing a new position and then playing that position injured. Um, so, you, you know, we got to put some respect on Liam Eikenberg's name right now. Um, Robert Hunt has been sidelined with a hamstring injury. Which looks, I mean, it's if you saw it, it looks like the size of a grapefruit. It's just a black and blue spot at the back of his leg, right under his cheeks. That's the size of a grapefruit. Um, so there, there's clearly Ooh, was that's not a good visual. That that's a lot of bleeding. There's clearly a lot of bleeding there. Um, and he's been sidelined for a month. They said he's. They, they said they're gonna they're, they're gonna ramp him up a little bit this week to see where he is from a physical standpoint. Um, but there was. Uh, you know, and I'm not a doctor. I only play one, you know, on radio. Uh, on radio. Um, all that black and blue. I'm sorry, but there was a tear. Um, so yeah, pretty much. So it'll be interesting to see where he is in terms of whether he can practice this week. Um, he's not going to play, in my opinion. Um, this is Dr. Kelly speaking, but uh, getting him more active. Uh, will kind of lead to whether or not he plays, possibly plays against Buffalo, and then whether or not he he finishes this, you know, play participates in the playoffs. Um, and then you've got, you know, he's been replaced by Robert Jones, who's been battling through a knee injury, but he's been he's been doing a decent job at right guard. He's a better run blocker than he is a pass protector. And right now, Austin Jackson, who's been your most consistent, most durable offensive lineman, uh, he was dressed for last week's game but did not start primarily because of an oblique injury that he's actually told me he's been playing with for about half a season, um, which just got worse, just consistently progressively got worse. They sat him down for one week, hoping that it would, it would subside. He did not practice yesterday. Um, the hope is that, you know, they can get him to the point where he practiced once a week and is ready to play the game on game day, given that Teron Armstead treatment. Um, but really, and and everybody knows the stakes of this game against the Baltimore Ravens. But right now, the Dolphins are thinking we have to get ourselves ready for the playoffs and competing. The last thing we need to do is put Teron on the field, have him suffer a setback, and then lose him for the entire season. So this, and because of that thought process, yeah, that's why I think they they're gonna go. I mean, I was see, they need that number one seed. They that one week off is maybe to more. Maybe to the Dolphins more needed than any other team. Uh, I don't want to say that because you got so many other teams. Like, look at you know Kyle Hamilton. Um, look at look at Baltimore. They they might be playing without their star safety this week. Um, I'm I would be having a myopic view if I said that the Dolphins need this bye and this rest more than any other team in the NFL, but. Their offensive line is banged up. Their two top receivers, actually all three of their top playmakers, Raheem Moster, too, has a high ankle sprain. Um, so everybody is is banged up. I mean, like, everybody deserves – I mean, everybody – Let me. obviously everybody would like the buy, but there are certain teams that don't like the buy because they're, in, they're such in a rhythm that yeah. that one week 
And Miami might be in that rhythm. Right. But I'm seeing the way we were talking about the injury, the 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 the, the you know, the bruises that everybody and obviously like you said, if you weren't eleven and four and if you didn't think you have a chance of doing something special, you're not going the extra mile. True. You're not going the extra mile. And this is the Dolphins have put themselves in a position that they've set the season up for. Um, this is this is truthfully what they've been talking about all year. Because when they began the season, and I heard people talking about Super Bowl and training camp, I was like, "Are y'all nuts? Like, what, openly talking about Super Bowl? You you play for the Miami Dolphins, and the reality is they've always believed." They, Mike McDaniel, we talked about it from the probably the first, second month of the season. I remember even when they were in Germany, Mike McDaniel's talking about December elimination games. I can't play guys because I'm getting them ready for December elimination games. We got to be peaking at the right time. And lo and behold, here we are. And they've got a number of guys injured from Javon Holland to Austin Jackson to Rob Hunt. Hell, Tehran could use a week worth of a rest. Now, Tua Tungavaloa is out there limping around. So, definitely, they would benefit from the buy. But, however, there's going to be a tremendous amount of exertion and exhaustion. For these next two weeks. For these next two weeks. These next two weeks, yeah. For you to earn it. Because, truthfully speaking, nobody has a tougher finish in the NFL than the Miami Dolphins. I said that when you looked at the, when you looked at the end of the schedule, and I'm like, Hmm. Everybody's talking about oh, they haven't beaten anybody good, and you know it was good to talk about that because yeah, at the point they look like bullies. They look like bullies who were beating up the bad teams, and then when they went against the good teams, they didn't figure out a way to win. Yeah, they wilted. They, they wilted, or they you know one game they didn't start off great against a good team, but they played well towards the end. The other games they just didn't make plays or whatever. The Tennessee loss was bad. That was a Monday night game that was bad. Embarrassing. But after, after that embarrassing loss, they shut out my Jets, and they won a really good game Sunday. That was a very that, that was one of the better games this year. Very competitive. Both teams showed out. Uh, both quarterbacks made plays down the stretch to where both fan bases who always criticized them couldn't really say anything. Yeah. You really get, you know, like you couldn't. That's why. And I told this to uh, Donald yesterday when filling in for Tobin Leroy. Uh, that picture of seeing Tua talking to Dak was kind of, it was kind of, it, it was funny to me because it was like, oh, look at the most, the two most off, the two most criticized quarterbacks, the, 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 the most scrutinized, scrutinized, always have a, an opinion. The often, there's always an polarizing. opinion. Polarizing. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to say they're polarizing. Eh. Because that's not really polarizing. It's just that people just have... Eh, people have negative to yeah, say. Yeah, they just have negative. But it was just funny just to see them hugging and talking. Two is talking. And then I'm like, I, I wonder what they're saying to each other. It's like, hey, man, you get criticized a lot. Yeah, you too, bro. I think I think Hard Knocks covered it. Hard Knocks covered their little talk I together. Yeah, I didn't see that. I got, I'll, 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 I'll watch it, but... Um, yeah, it's I, I really respect what you do. Um, you know, I respect how you handle yourself. I know that what you're going through. Keep your head up. And it, it, and to it's giving him, you know, and, and Dak basically said, you know, keep 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 doing what you guys are doing. You're, 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 you're doing you're doing great. And it, it was it was so, you know, 
I, I, I got to admit, I, I didn't like the thought of Miami doing hard knocks, but all of this behind-the-scenes stuff that you're getting to see and the conversations that you're getting to ha- hear and the fact that you're going to get to see what, ter- what, what Tua says to Toronto in the locker room at halftime, man, priceless. And they're winning. Yeah. The other in-season hard knocks, the team's lost, and it kind of you saw the, the terror in the team. The you agony. Saw, no, not only the agony, but you, you saw the pain and you saw the, the Colts when they lost with uh, Carson Wentz and then Kyler when they lost with, uh, who was that coach, Kingsbury. So you saw the, like, you saw the team kind of separating because of the losing. This is not – you don't see this with this Dolphin team. And I know that uh, – I mean, it's hard knock. So you really – it's supposed to show you the other side of the team and the players and, you know, it's supposed to be good. But they've done a great job with this in-season hard knocks. Uh, Coming up soon, coming up next, actually, we're going to be talking to Charles Davis, who's going to be covering the game between the Dolphins and the Ravens. Well, we're not going to talk to him. Joe Rose spoke to him. And I'm I'm shocked that Charles Davis is doing this game, actually, Omar. You know, we'll talk about this after this interview because this is, to me, the A game. And I thought this might be a Nansen Romo game, but – Charles Davis, who's great at his job. One of the best. One of the best. He's going to call the game. He's going to talk to Joe, and they're going to preview this big matchup between the Ravens and the Dolphins this Sunday. Charles Davis on the Joe Rose Show next on 560 WQAM. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It is time to head out to the Toyota of Hollywood Hotline Shop. Hundreds of Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. All right, thank you, Woody. Let's go right to him. Been a good friend for a long, long time. Charles Davis, football analyst for NFL on CBS alongside with Ian Eagle, another one of our favorites. And also, that Madden NFL analyst stuff is uh, pretty special. Charles, how you doing this morning? I'm doing well, Joe. Happy holiday season to you and yours and everyone who can hear our voices. You got it, man, and and right back at you. So, hey, first game, I can't believe it. I see you three, four, five times a year. This is the first yeah. Dolphins game you've had this week with uh, with Baltimore and Miami, and what a great game it should be. Yeah, we're pretty fired up about the whole thing, and you're right. It's a major surprise to us, but you never know how a schedule's going to fall, where it's going to take you, and – the Dolphins have become one of those teams that everyone wants to have on their air. So when you add all that into it, it makes it a little bit tougher for all of us to get involved and (laughs) and see them. But we've seen the highlights. We've seen the game tape. You know, it's an exciting, exciting time to watch Dolphins football. And, boy, what a game we have now. I mean, let's, let's be honest about it. At this stage, I think most people would love to have this game. And we feel very fortunate that it fell to us. Yeah, and uh, and there's a lot to play for because right now it's about that number one seed and, and that's how close they are. And so great stories at the quarterback position. But you know what surprised me the most is 
The Miami Dolphins have the number one offense and the number four defense in the NFL. I, I can't remember the last time, if ever, it's happened in the history of this franchise where they've been this good on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and I think that a, a, a certain number 13 would have been thrilled <laughs> to have had those kind of yeah. numbers. He would have liked that. Him up. He would have liked it. That's not, a, that's not a shot at the teammates that he loves and all that that he loved and playing with. But, you know, could you imagine those Miami offenses with a defense like this backing them up? and what could have been in playoffs, postseason, et cetera, et cetera. But that's what you have to have because when you think about most of the teams that win, yeah, sometimes one side of the ball is dominant, but for the most part there's a balance to them, and it's not such a disparity. It's not like you have a top-five defense and a bottom-five offense and you win Super Bowls. That's, that's rare, right? We think about some of them being that way. Remember Denver when they won it the last time with Von Miller and crew and Peyton Manning? You know, using his savvy, really, to get them through on offense. Everything was a slog, tight defensive games, but the offense played to the defense. In this case, you don't have to play to it. You're able to go ahead and play and run your offense, do it in total, and your defense actually gets a jump on it because that offense is so high-powered, the defense can be turned loose. So, Charles, I got to ask you, one of the big stories every day is always Tua Tungavailoa, 26 touchdowns, 4,200 yards, completing 70% of his passes, and the most important thing, he has stayed healthy all season yep. long in a year where not too many quarterbacks have been able to stay healthy. What's your thoughts on, on watching him and, and what you've seen? I would imagine jujitsu class enrollment has gone sky high. <laughs> all right? I would imagine that has happened in a big way. All kidding aside, you're just watching a, a young man mature playing the position. And, yes, there are a whole lot of circumstances around it that you just described that, were, that really held his career in the balance when you're, when you're being frank about it. And he addressed it, truthfully met it with every you know, opportunity, eyes wide open, knowing what he needed to do, and gets it done. And then it translated to what he did on the field, throwing the ball away when there's no chance of a play, making sure he takes care of his body, ducks it down when, when he feels the pass rush, and the ball's released. Mike McDaniel and the offensive staff, Frank Smith and crew, designing plays where the ball's out of his hand quicker. But that's not just to protect him. That's to keep that offense running because you want the ball in the hands of Tyreek Hill and Waddle and Achan and Mostert as fast as you possibly can. So it's a perfect marriage in the system. But he, he met the challenge, and that's what I like about it. And all the things we liked about him coming out of college are now flourishing. Yeah. And I think then some, Joe. Yeah, I uh, listen, I think we've all been pleasantly surprised. The way this thing started to where it is right now has been just uh, one of the great turnarounds we've seen in the history of this franchise. So I got to tell you, speaking of great stories in the NFL, the game you did last weekend with, uh, with the Browns winning again, getting their 10th win, and the Joe Flacco story, and, of course, Amari Cooper from down here in Miami at Northwestern High School. Uh, what's your story and how good this – you've seen them now on how good and how far they can go, man. And they've got the – what, the Jets this week. They're looking 11 yep. wins with a week left. My gosh. Yeah, the Jets this week on Thursday night at home. And what's really wild about it is when you look at their injury list and who's been lost and who hasn't been able to play. And then, I've, you know, I find out yesterday their QB2, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, he got hurt in the Houston game. They put him on IR. 
So, I mean, they've been through four Man. quarterbacks. Wow. They'll be in the fourth. Now, of course, P.J. Walker has to be the backup for them. But that's not their concern. And you remember what I was talking about a, a minute ago about the Dolphins and their defense allowing the offense to just flourish and the offense allowing the defense to play free? Cleveland was getting by playing strictly defense earlier this year. They didn't mind 13 to 10 games, Joe, and that defense was up to the task. But there's so much pressure when you try and win like that where the defense feels like it has to win the game, it has to score, it has to create big plays, that you've watched it and you've played against it. When those teams are a little bit on the desperate side, and I hate to use that word, but when they're extra aggressive trying to take the ball away, then your fundamentals start to slip. You miss tackles, you're out of gaps, you're out of things. And I think that happened to Cleveland on a few occasions for short doses and short duration. But now with Flacco, the defense is back saying, hey, we're good. As good as we are, we don't have to do extra. We don't have to create things. We'll just play to our level, and we'll do all that naturally. And, Joe, last week against Houston, if you broke the game down, the starting defense for Cleveland gave up zero points. The first points of the game came on a kickoff return. That's on the special teams. And then the other points Houston scored were against the, the backups on defense. In fact, after the second score, Jim Schwartz, the D coordinator, got so ticked off, he put the starting defense back in the game. Now, you're a player. Do you really think the starting defense was really ecstatic with the second and third team guys when they no. had to put their pads on and go back in? <laughs> no. no. Not one bit. <laughs> hey, so I got to ask you about Baltimore. What a great story uh, they've been. I don't know if you thought they were going to be this good. They, they've been pretty solid throughout the year. Uh, and the Lamar Jackson story, putting himself right back in the MVP race here. Uh, and that's what I wanted to ask you about. Uh, it looks pretty close right now through with two games left. Who do you like as the fan side of you from what your eyes have seen for an MVP at this point? My goodness, I still want to play it out because if Tyreek Hill goes crazy down the stretch and gets Calvin Johnson's record, let alone the 2,000, how he's not involved in that race is beyond me. I mean, it's just, just what he has done has been beyond spectacular. And he makes you change what you do defensively. The accounting of what you have to do. It's allowed Jalen Waddle to continue to flourish on the other side. How would you like to be Jalen Waddle? You come in, you're your wide receiver one rabbit, you get you hit Tyreek Hill, now you're wide receiver two. Yeah, you're still putting up thousand yard seasons. Yeah. This yeah. is Marvin Harrison Reggie Wayne territory. You know, that's that's what you're getting out of this and your quarterback's delivering. You know, it's uh, it's been a great story. There's no question about it. And the Raheem Mostert with his 21 touchdowns, nobody saw that coming in his 30s, now over 1,000 yards, uh, another. And by the way, just uh, Charles, just a really good guy that uh, if you get a chance to spend some time with him, he, he is something else. Hey, listen, Joe, 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 he is – his story, I don't care how many times we talk about it, it doesn't get enough play. To be cut that many times by different teams. I'm reading the article about when he got cut by Cleveland and his and his fiance's at her bridal shower, getting ready for her bridal shower, and he's got to call her dad and tell him he's been cut again, and then talk to her. What are we going to do? And then they believe in the, in the goal and the dream and keep fighting for it and get it. Like 21 touchdowns this year, he had 19 in the previous eight seasons combined. He had a playoff run that went to the Super Bowl that was off the charts, yet it still wasn't enough to cement him down as, as the lead guy. 
Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's crazy. And when I saw the number, John Henry Johnson from Pittsburgh, the only guy older with his first 1,000-yard season, John Henry Johnson's a Hall of Famer, okay? Back when 1,000-yard seasons weren't common. And remember, he played in that million-dollar backfield in San Francisco with Joe the Jet Perry and Hugh McElhenney. <laughs> This guy is in rarefied air right now, and he's earned every bit of it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been a hell of a story, and he's always fun to talk about. We call him the forgotten star sometimes on this team. So uh, I got to ask you about the Lamar Jackson side. He hasn't put up big numbers, but he dominates all these games. I know we are looking for quarterbacks that have 35 touchdowns, and he runs for 1,000 yards, and yet here he is with the best record in the NFL. What's your thoughts on what he's been able to do in this new offense this year? His numbers are not as good as his first MVP season in just terms of raw numbers, but he's a better quarterback in my mind. And I know it seems somewhat cliche, but I really think he is. Just watching how he throws the football, how he goes through progressions, what his proficiency is in doing it, a little more judicious about taking off and running. He's created more plays by looking like he's going to run and then able to find an open receiver. And Joe, He's done it without a 1,000-yard receiver or a 1,000-yard running back. And the last 22 most valuable players have all had that around them that have been quarterbacks. Yeah, wow. Okay? Only two have done it in in modern-day era. Favre and Elway won an MVP without 1,000-yard receiver or running back. This guy very well may be the third, which is just incredible when you think about what's going on. And the way this game is played, you know, bad teams have 1,000-yard receivers and running backs. You know, we're playing 17 games. You should be able to accumulate that kind of number. That's right. And it's kind of getting it done that way. So, as, as you said, every time it's you look up, he's dominating the game when it's time to dominate it. But I just think he's gotten better. I think Todd Munkin is the offensive coordinator. It's been a perfect marriage for them. They've embraced each other and brought out the best in each other. And they will just continue to rise from there. And I will say this about Baltimore. We had them against Pittsburgh earlier, one of their losses. When you look at their stats, and you've seen it, Joe, they, the 72 Dolphins and the 07 Patriots, who went undefeated until the Super Bowl, the Dolphins, of course, you know, undefeated all the way through, they're the only three teams to have led in the four, all the way through the fourth quarter in every game they played. Wow. And then Baltimore's found a way to lose their three late. But the other ones didn't lose them, obviously, the Patriots until the Super Bowl with the Giants. But it's the craziest stat I've seen. So when I tell people, truthfully, it doesn't feel like it, but the truth is there. There's a, there's a, there's a real case to be made that Baltimore should be undefeated right now. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy number. You're, you're, you're exactly right. They uh... – and by the way, they had this little bit of this problem last year. We saw the Dolphins had the big comeback, and Tua had the big quarter and a half at the end of the game uh, on the road last year. That was uh, amazing. Charles, always great being with you, man. I really appreciate before going to work out, you spent a little bit of time with us this morning. Thank you. Thanks for having me, as always. Always fun to talk with you, Joe, and I can't wait to see you in the charm city, as they say, <laughs> and see if the Dolphins can get it done again. How great is this? Both of these teams now – Going against teams that are really good, Baltimore has been really good against those teams all year. The Dolphins got the monkey off their back last week beating Dallas. Now they can just line up and go. They're both playing for high stakes, which is the number one seed in the AFC. Doesn't get any better than that one right there. Man, that's exactly right. Charles, you have a great day, buddy. See you, man. You too, Joe. Be good. See you soon. 
WQAM FM 99.9 HD2 and always live on the free Odyssey app. Well, I, I don't think for, for us as a team, we even think about that. Um, and I think that's what has me convinced that we have the right guys in the locker room, I would say. Um, no one's talking about, about like, oh, we need to beat this team to do this. We need to beat this team to do, to do that. Like, guys, guys come in and guys just, hey, how was Christmas? Like, oh, it was good. It was good. And then guys go to their meeting rooms, guys lock in. And when it's time for us to, like, you know, break and have some time, like, you know, guys, we like we understand what's at stake, but I I, I think if if you if you overdo it, like yeah, I think if you overdo it, it could get to a point where you start chasing ghosts in a way. Um, whereas you know you study the way you study, you do things the way you've done things, and then if you just add a little more, you know, each time on top of that, um, you know, we could possibly be the team that we've always wanted to be. Uh, since training camps and OTAs and things like that. That was the voice. That was the voice. Is, is that what we're calling them now? Not yeah. Uno, not the one. That we're just calling them the voice. I'm gonna hit him. Yeah, we're gonna call him the voice. The voice of reason. Oh. Yeah, nah. The voice of serenity. That that was leadership. That's what I was. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And, and 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 to be honest with you, and and people people, if you haven't taken the opportunity to go check out Cameron Wolf's post game interview with Tyreek Hill, who had no knowledge that they had won the uh, they had clinched, clinched the playoffs playoff spot, right. spot until he saw it on the board and reacted to it like what we clinched the playoff spot like. I, and I'm in that locker room on a weekly basis. You're our guy. And I am telling you, they are locked in, have always been locked in, do not know. I could tell you the guys who actually know things, Raheem Mostert, Alec Ingle, and Teron Armstead. They know things about what's going on in the room. They know we do this, we clinch. We do this, we, we, we're here. We do this, we're the number one seed. Those are the three guys. Everybody else... They have no clue about anything. Half the time, they don't even know. They didn't even know they were the top five defense in the NFL. They didn't even know that they knew they were the number one offense. They didn't know they were about to set records. Uh, Bradley Chubb also knows things as well. He pays attention. By the way, give him his props as well. Yeah, phenomenal season. They've already set the franchise record for sacks producing the season and have two games left to go. So, but... My point is, this team, Mike McDaniel didn't even know yesterday, or he's alleging that he didn't know. I think he, he truly didn't know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm dead serious. You know, because these guys, are they're not, they're not fakes and frauds. They're not phonies. Mike McDaniel didn't know that he can clinch the AFC East if he beats Baltimore. He had no idea. No, no. And they don't, until, I, we, until we, we brought, somebody brought it to his attention, um, and he was like, I didn't know that, but now I got to like process that in my mind before I, I answer you guys. They are so locked in on each and every single week and each and every single opponent and the periphery, everything else on the periphery, they have no idea, no clue. And I'm there. I'm half the time. I'm the one telling them this is what happens if, and they're like, word. 
Like Jalen uh, uh, um, Waddle last week, he didn't know he was going to become the first Dolphins receiver in franchise history, three straight thousand-yard seasons. No clue. Zero. Like no knowledge. They didn't know that when 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 Waddle and Mostert got to a thousand yards, they were going to become the first trio with with um, Tyreek to ever do it in franchise history. Didn't clue. Didn't have a clue. Uh, Chubb did know yesterday that they set sack the sack record, but I promise you, every other defensive lineman probably is like, "Where we already set the sack record?" They they don't know anything. And I'm I promise you this team has no idea that if they beat the Ravens, they would win the AFCs. None. No clue. They they just live in that lane where it's like Baltimore's who we gotta beat. Let's lock in on Baltimore. Let's take care of business. And if we do whatever we and and honestly, they're not even thinking about the AFCs. If if you're you're they are thinking about the number one seed and have been for half the season, and since Kansas City they've been thinking about the number one seed, and they're thinking about getting to Vegas, getting to the Super Bowl. What do we need to do to get to Super Bowl? If it if it's not about that, this team doesn't care. Wow, and that goes that goes on the coach. What the coach has been saying week by week, they don't give a Super Bowl for thirteen weeks. Oh, I didn't you know he knows that's what I. At first, we were like, "Oh, come on!" But now you get it. Yeah, he thought he kept on hammering that message in their head. It's a week by week process. They don't give you Super Bowl. They don't give you medals. They don't give you awards for what you do after week nine, week yeah. ten, week eleven. It's what you do after eighteen weeks, and then you get into the special, the special tournament, and what you do in that special tournament. I was actually surprised that Mike McDaniel gave the team a victory Monday. Now, it was also Christmas. So, Technically speaking, he was going to give it to them regardless. He's acting like it was a gift. Yeah, it was also Christmas. So, you know, but I promise you, even on Christmas, I promise you probably 40% of that team was probably inside that facility working, studying film, going over the game plan, getting treatment, if not more. (laughs) You think uh, the group might have uh, gotten together, exchanged gifts, and watched the Ravens-Niners oh, game? No, they that, they absolutely did not watch the Ravens-Niners game. I can promise you that. Um, and, but I, I, they, they, and they exchanged gifts the week before Friday. They exchanged gifts. Okay. Like, get, you, you would be amazed how many gifts were going home on on Friday um, at, at, at the end of practice, and I believe Saturday too. Uh, the, the the one thing that you always love about an NFL locker room is 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 Christmas time because they actually take care of one another and give each other really nice gifts because nobody else in their lives do that for them. That's weird. That's crazy, isn't it? Well, nobody it, nobody in their lives can afford the gifts that these uh, their teammates can give them. That is true. That is also true. Um, I would think that their spouses can, but no, yes, but, their jobs are generally no, to be the Santa Claus to Omar, everybody. Omar. If their spouses got them the gifts, it would be from their money. You're basically giving them the money to buy. So you're your saying own it's so okay. So you're saying they don't get gifts from other people's money is what you're saying, right? Okay, I could see that. Now, in fairness to some of these wives and girlfriends, they actually build help these players build absolutely. build their empire. Absolutely, uh, I, you know, I'm not I'm not going to put We're anybody not, else's I business am, out not, there. I am not. Yeah. 
I'm not taking any shots, but I'm just saying. Yeah. For the gifts that we've seen teammates exchange with others. Yes. And it's very it's very of of very high quality. Mm-hmm. Some some are very uh we would say maybe expensive. Yes. So therefore we're shocked at how much they're willing to spend on each other or whatever deal that they have. I'm shocked, yes. Right, Sometimes whatever. I'm shocked, yeah. And then you're say, what you just said, you know, sometimes these gifts are more probably than what their own family would give yeah. them. And I'm saying, well, that's because they're not when their family does get them an expensive gift, it's probably out of their own pockets. It, that's true. It's probably money that was that they gave to their family to get them the gifts. But I, you love the camaraderie, you love the uh, the unity of this team because. Oh my God! It's it's I. Understand, I've covered the NFL for 15 years, and I've covered the Miami Dolphins. If there is a picture next to the word dysfunction in an NFL dictionary, the picture would be the Dolphins organization. So let, let's, let's, let's put this in perspective here. There's other organizations that would be up there. Oh, what organization would be up there? I think my organization would be up there. Nah, you made it to the AFC Championship game in, in, in that 15-year stretch. Arizona like, might make it. Uh, no, Arizona made it to a Super Bowl in this in that 15 year stretch. Cleve, all right, Cleveland. That's uh, it. We're good. Cleveland, I got you. <laughs> you backed me into a corner on Cleveland. You. All right, fine. But, but yes, if you're looking at what transpired over the last 20 years in Miami Dolphins, uh, Miami Dolphins franchise, it hasn't been very good. It hasn't been very good, but I would say it's that. been dysfunctional. Stop saying very good. Okay, it's, it's been, been dysfunctional. It's, uh, let Let's take ownership for who we it's are and what we've lived through. It's been dysfunctional, Omar. It's been dysfunctional. But the last two seasons, yeah, phenomenal. And this locker room has been absolutely phenomenal. If I could picture what I would want or envision for how a locker room should be. Like I used to love the 2018 because they had phenomenal leadership and it started with Chad Pennington and Tony Sperano and Bill Parcells. This is 2018 times three. It's on steroids. And I'm at the point where I do believe that they are a Super Bowl team. And up next, we're going to talk to my alldolphins.com partner, Alan Poupard, who is going to join us. We do a podcast together, and we're finally going to take that podcast to the WQAM streets. Coming up next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.